Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. Good morning, everyone. Is everybody hot yesterday? No. <laughs> hey, some of us were here yesterday. Uh, we got water on us, isn't that right, uh, Chris Dye? Right. What were we doing yesterday, Chris Dye? Yeah, we were out uh, power washing the backside of the church, which none of you ever see. So why were we power washing it? I don't know. I think we got we got a note from the guys who uh, mow the grass. They see it all the time, and they said they wanted it power washed. So we power washed it for them. I guess I'm not really sure why, but uh, but we had a had a good time. It was a lot of fun, and it didn't take as much time as we thought that it might. So we want to welcome you to our service today, and we're going to start off this morning with a couple of hymns, and then we'll move on from there. So these are some songs which some of you, uh, depending on how old you are, uh, may have sung 50 years ago. <laughs> Whoa, how old am I now, anyway? Uh, so... Yes, uh, let's, we're going to start off by singing Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Yeah. 
Now there's another song that uh, we used to sing long, 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 long. Was that, did I say long, long? Time ago. <laughs> and some of you may know this, maybe you don't. It's Sweet, Sweet Spirit. Do you guys remember that song? It was a little before my time. <laughs> About 50 <laughs> years or so. <laughs> so he's going to learn an oldie. Yeah. 
has overcome the night. And Lord, we ask that the love that is in us right now would become like yeast in a dough. And that it would continue to just grow and grow until we can't contain it any longer. And that, Father, when we see people, as we walk past them in the street, that, God, there would just be an overwhelming sense of love for those around us. Recognizing that there are so many people in this world today who do not believe that they're loved. And they really need it. We all need it. And God, for any of us here this morning who may not truly believe and know that they're loved by you, God, I ask that somehow you would break through the darkness and bring the light. So, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand up for a moment, and I'm going to ask you to greet people around you. Before you do that, though, there, no, you can stand up. Some of you are going to see people around you that you know. Some of you are going to see people around you you don't know. Now, you may not normally do this, but if you see somebody close to you that you do not know, Put your hand out, shake your hand, and say, my name is Rick. No, don't say it's Rick. Okay. No, no. Whatever your name, whatever your name is. Uh, uh, say, my name is Joey. That, that Joey, yes. Joey. Tell them what your name is and say, I don't know you, but I'm glad to meet you. And now, I'm going to stop there. Because if you see them again next week and you don't remember who they are, it's okay to go back up again because I do this all the time. First thing I say is, did I meet you before? Because I don't remember. <laughs> I just did that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And if we have, then I say, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. It's going to take me six or eight or ten times or maybe three years. Who knows? I don't know. But tell me your name again, and I'm Rick. It's okay to do that. You don't have to be embarrassed about it because I'm not embarrassed about it. So, all right. Say hi to folks, and if you don't know them, tell them what your name is. All right, do it. Enough's enough. You open the floodgates, Rick. This is on you. Enough's enough. 
You may be seated. And for those of you who don't know me, if you don't already figure it out, my name's Rick, okay? And I got another Rick back there. I got a brother Rick. And for those of you who haven't been here before or who are relatively new, we're absolutely wonderfully glad to have you with us today. So, and I hope you met some new people as things were going on. And for those of you who are here for the first time online, we're glad you're here too. My name is Rick, all right? Whatever your name is. Yeah. Come back again. Come back again. We'd love to see you again. I don't recognize you, but we'll see you again anyway. All right. Okie dokie. With all that done. There's Tony right there. Okay. Tony would like a volunteer to do something stupid. I mean, no, no one, I'm sorry. It didn't, it didn't say that. I'm sorry. That, the announcement doesn't say that. It says to do something during the message. If you would be willing to help Tony out, raise your hand, and then we got to pick somebody. Raise your hand if you want to. You don't have any idea what it's going to be. Come on. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. So, right back there. I, my name, I, I, I lose people's names. Stand up, stand up, stand up so Tony can see who it is. Stand up, yep, right, yep, you. Stand up. Stand up, you. Yes, there we go. Donna's going to help. All right. All right, thank you very much. No, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to go see. <laughs> they're off on their own. We don't know what they're doing. Who cares? With Tony, you just, you're never really sure with Tony. You, know, you may not want to volunteer, to be honest with you. With that said, Tony is going to continue with his class in the Fellowship Hall at 1115. Uh, I guess this might be the third week of the three Johns, okay? So you've already done one John and two John, and now we're on three John. So this is the last class. Um, if you have not signed up, to serve in VBA, and if you don't know what that is, that's Vacation Bible School Adventure. It's a hard thing for those of us who've done VBS for 70 years to remember to say. Uh, please sign up. How many of you have already signed up to volunteer in VBA? Just curious, curious, okay. So if your hand's not up, go out there, all right? Okay. If you, uh, got a, uh, if you signed up for a T-shirt, which hopefully all of you did, T-shirts are out there. Many of you may have already gotten those. Uh, we also would like to have volunteers uh, for the, the meals as well. So you can sign up. If you're going to come and have dinner, which you can do beforehand, we want you to sign up for that as well. How many of you have had your picture taken for our pictorial directory? Okay. Very good. All right. Again, if you haven't, didn't raise your hand, it's time to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, sometimes you're trying, to, you're trying to remember who people are, right? I'm trying to remember who people are all the time. What are you laughing at me for, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's over there laughing at me because I'm trying to remember who people are all the time. If, once we get a pictorial directory up again, then you're going to be able to look at people's pictures and remember their names. And when you get here, you'll forget their names, but you'll, but you'll, be, able, you'll be able to remember them at home, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So Lauren is going to be here to take pictures on Sunday, July the 10th and the 17th. No sign-up needed, so we'll remind you on the 10th and the 17th. Do any of you like holiday bazaars? Any of you like holiday bazaars? Oh, one or two, okay. Then the two of you, three of you can come to our holiday bazaar. <laughs> the rest of us aren't gonna come. The three of you can come. It's gonna be on October the 29th. 
Oh, so you got plenty of time to get excited and to know that you like holiday bazaars. If you don't like them now, get online and look at a whole bunch of them and get excited. So that way, on October 29th, you can come. It's going to be from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're offering spaces to our Hosanna family and friends first. That means you, okay? Uh, before we reach out to the community. So be sure to check out the flyer in your mail slot. And if you don't have a mail slot, then... You don't have a flyer. <laughs> but maybe out, at the, maybe out at the Welcome Center you can get a flyer out there. All right, that's a possibility. Is this almost done yet? <laughs> oh, we're supposed to take up an offering. Right, take up the offering. Let's go ahead and do that too. I think we're just about done except for volunteer appreciation. And then a message. And then a class, and then we go home. Tony, why don't you come on up? I gotta, I gotta call this quits. What? The offerings? What? What? Uh, I, don't, I don't ever pray for the offering. I'm gonna push you off the platform. I'm, I'm now. <laughs> I gotta put this microphone up. Hi, I'm Rick. <laughs> oh my goodness this is fun i love you folks i have another announcement for you and it fits in the we didn't see that one coming category you have those things in life having a lot of those lately the world's gotten a little messy two years two years ago two weeks ago it was fairly recent Two, two weeks ago, I stood up here and introduced to you a new partnership between Hosanna and a ministry that's a Christian visual artist. We even introduced the leader of that ministry. They have just moved into our building. Yay, it was all wonderful. And then, after that service, one of you bravely came forward and gave us some information that we did not know. Could not have known, but needed to know. And that led to a whole series of conversations with that ministry, all of which led the leadership team to come to the sad but necessary conclusion that this relationship really wasn't a good thing for Hosanna. So that ministry has now left the building, sort of like Elvis, I guess. If Joanne were here this morning, she'd probably remind us of one of her favorite admonitions. She does it to us in leadership all the time. Jesus said it, be harmless, be wise as serpents and be harmless as doves. And that's a really good principle to keep in mind in any kind of decision making. So that's why we decided this. I will admit that I'm disappointed. Uh, this morning I have a shucks and earlier in the week I might have had a stronger word if you had tempted me into it. A number of you did some serious work in getting that room forward where they're ready for this partnership, and some of us did some serious work in working out all the details of the arrangements, and I do hope somebody will make use of that. If you know somebody that is looking for some space to work out of, it's, it's there now with its own separate entrance, all nicely rekeyed, uh, cleaned out. I'm a little disappointed because there was going to be at least a little revenue coming in to support the rest of our ministry, which is a cool thing. But I'm mostly disappointed because we had high hopes of serving Christian arts community. And given our appreciation for the arts around here, that's, that's something we can do, something we could do, and probably something we can do in some other way. The, the cool thing about serving people is that it can happen in many different forms. And all of us can do it in our own unique ways. 
In fact, many of you are. Right here through the ministries of Hosanna. So I'm transitioning now because this is the happier part of this. And as part of our Jubilation June celebrations, we want to honor all of our volunteers today. And what we're going to do is ask our various ministry leaders to step up to this mic one at a time, call out the names of those who are serving in those ministries on a regular basis this year. And if your name is called out, we're going to ask you to stand up and keep standing. And we want to say thank you for it. If you're at home, stand up at home, get off your couch, out at the dining room table. If you're watching this later, we know it's vacation time and everything, a number of people won't be seeing this till later. Stand up in your car, wherever you are, no, whatever. But um, uh, I just feel the honor of, uh, and the appreciation of the rest of us here. But this gets really tricky. You know what I mean? We're asking forgiveness in advance. And my last message to you two weeks ago was about forgiveness, so you have to forgive me, okay? (laughs) It's possible we may miss a name or two. And if we do, it's not because you're not important, but because we're not perfect. Uh, Deb and I have been worrying and worrying about this. So please just give give us some grace. If we miss your name for a particular ministry, just wave your hand, stand up anyway, and say, me too, okay? And we'll thank you and honor you and apologize to you. Okay. I'm going to start this off, and then I'm going to hand it off to Kelly will come next, and then the rest of the leaders are just going to come up to the mic when it's their turn. They know the order. I'm going to start off by naming and honoring our officers. Eric Blow. Eric, when you showed up this morning, you didn't know I was going to have you stand up, did I? Tim Stair, Deb Wanger, and Meredith Renfro. Normally, being an officer here is not a labor-intensive job. They can meet once a year. That's all that's minimally required. But we have really been giving them a workout the last couple of years. So I want to express on behalf of the Hosanna congregation our appreciation for your deep wisdom and your courage. Thank you for leading us well. Is Kelly in the building or is she with Elvis? Oh, there you are. We ask preemptive forgiveness. Um, if anybody's names that we miss, I'm trying really hard to include everybody. And then the kids are still in here right now, and I did that intentionally because those of you in Kid Venture, I want you to hear how many names and how many people are behind the scenes, or sometimes really in front of the scenes, volunteering their time for you. Um, I really believe children's ministry is uh, ministering to a person and caring about a person at one of the most critical times in their life. Um, I saw some statistic, and I forget what it was, but it was a really high percentage of, of people that come to know Jesus, but they come to know them before the age of 18. So that's pretty pivotal and pretty critical that um, we have a lot of volunteers, and we do. Our guiding verse in Kidventure is Micah 6.8. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And the names that I'm going to call you do that every single moment. Um, and I thank you so much for your willingness to give to the kids. So. Every month we have 16 individuals just in one month that volunteer between our nursery and our one classroom that we have. So as I read your names, would you please stand up? Ruth Ann Metzler, Rennie Wenzel, Gretchen Pate, Barb Russell, Kristen Nafsiger, Randy Stauffer, Cindy Armour, 
Helen Cookie, Niels Cookie, Linda Shank, Sammy Wilson, Kathy Walter, Dara Walter, Jenna Walter, which by the way are all new here and jumped right in from the go. Um, yeah. They are dear friends of my family, and I couldn't be more happy to have you on board with us so quickly. Uh, Carol Blair and Carrie Slater. Those are 16 people that are every month volunteering for Kid Venture, but I'm not done. I know, crazy. I, I, I'm going to call out all of our VBA volunteers, and this is where I really need your forgiveness, because I know some of you are volunteering and haven't signed up yet, and your name may have slipped my mind. But 37 people, and the people that are standing are all involved in VBA as well. Um, Karen and Kevin Swigert are working very, very hard on uh, decorations. Linda Porter is doing behind the scenes work for me. Wendy Hughes has been managing much of everything, I think, the last couple of weeks. Um, Deb Helt and Tony Blair, they both uh, volunteer their time for VBA. Lauren King, Lauren Nafziger, Hope Steyer, Susan Bomberger, Bud Strom, Susan Zimmerman. More and more people are standing up. It looks really cool from up here. Jeff Burkholder, Beth Shelley, Julie Campbell, Nathan Walter, Eric Wenzel, Sharon Wilson, April Otte, Holly Allen, Sherry Allen, Jerry Allen, <laughs> family affair, Sue Brandt, Jules Smith, Cheryl Faunastock, Lorraine Brandt, Elvin Brandt, Chris Dye, Mary Dye, Mike Newman, and Michael Zimmerman. Now, if you are an adult, not if you're a youth, but if you're an adult and I didn't call your name and you help with VBA, please rise because I tried really, really hard. Jared, I forgot Jared. <laughs> Rick, oh my gosh, I forgot Rick. <laughs> Rick, R Jared Cunz. Rayella. Rayella. My, forgive, my, my apologies, yes, I'm so sorry. Yes, like our parking crew, our lesson crew, I'm so sorry. Um, so that's 37, 38, 38, that's 40 people. 40 people, but I'm not done because this year we have had eight youth that have come up through VBA and this year have decided to volunteer. Okay, so would you please stand? Mara Kunz, Michaela Cookie, who is currently in Texas but will be here volunteering, Claire Nafsiger, Leah Brownsberger, Zoe Burkholder, Matthias Swigert, Justin Erb, and Sophie Slater. So can we give them a round of applause? So, if my count is correct, that is 56 people. Okay, so my gratitude to each of you for the time and the love and the care that you give to children's ministry. And kids, look around, because these are the people that, that are there for you and that, that give of their time for you. And with that said, the kids are dismissed to go with some of our wonderful volunteers for today's lesson. Okay, thank you. Hello. Oh, she's short. Okay. 
Uh, my name is Jared Kunz, and if you don't know me, I'm the youth pastor here, and I also volunteer for VBA. So, <laughs> uh, um, well, this year in particular, when we're talking about honoring the volunteers, really got to me uh, because, for me personally, I've been I've been a youth pastor now. I've been working here for like 17 years, and uh, volunteering working with volunteers and organizing volunteers and getting all the all volunteers in place is one of the hardest things that we do like it's it's hard to work and organize and get everybody there and communicate and everything like that and i personally am not the best thing at that at that so that being said um that's why I'm so happy to sit here and honor our volunteers because our, our volunteers are awesome. So um, for me personally, uh, I had um, taken a sabbatical earlier in the year and I was blown away by how much our volunteers stepped up and took over and just ran with the youth ministry and, and, and just kept it going for the kids. And it was a huge blessing to me and I know to the kids as well. Um, I was. I mean, I needed to take the break, and it was it was something that needed to come. But I was so worried that the the ministry would fall by the wayside. You know, it's just because when you're in the position, it's hard to say, oh, how are all the pieces going to work? But um, I'm I'm I just wanted to say thank you again up in front of everybody for you guys did it, and I was blown away, and I was amazed, and there was so much that happened that I didn't even get to see because you guys insisted that I wasn't involved at all. So um, from, from, from my angle, which was great, and, uh, and that, was, that was awesome for me. Um, so from my side, again, I want, to appreciate, I want to say how grateful I am for that time uh, for me, and I'm sure there are some volunteers during that whole time when I was out uh, during the lock-in and stuff like that that I probably will miss because I honestly didn't even know <laughs> because I was pushed to the wayside there a little bit. Uh, but. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very, very grateful. So um, here we go. We have, we have volunteers for youth ministry that have been giving years and years and years of service. Um, I have a couple in particular that are pushing eight to 10 years again. Uh, so that, that's great. And uh, I want to make sure I get you guys. But if any of you are always curious about what we do and what the volunteers do with the youth ministry, um, basically, they come by and support me and be with the youth to create an environment of love where they can just be themselves without being judged or being uh, have ideas pushed on them. They can just come and be teenagers however they are and supported wherever they're at. And that's what our volunteers do, and they're excellent at it. Um, so a lot of these volunteers are joining me when we go down for class on Sundays, or they're joining me on Wednesdays uh, to be support volunteers there. And we also have a bunch of people that come by and help with um, fundraisers and go on missions trips and all that kind of stuff so uh, we haven't gotten on a trip in a little while because of the pandemic but uh, I hope to do that again so that being said uh, if I do call your name uh, please be ri rise and be honored and, and know that I am truly grateful for you as well so um, Helen and Neil's cookie volunteer with our junior high ministry so thank you for that and we have Ross Famous, good buddy of mine, and he's been helping out for a really long time now, so I wanted to make sure um, we honor him. Um, he can't be here today because he got called into his other job, but um, yeah, working for a good seven years now with the youth ministry, and I don't think a lot of people have met him or know him because he's kind of behind the scenes, so um, thank you to you, Ross. And Sue Brandt has been helping out uh, a lot with the junior high ministry. Um, Kristen Nafziger and Brandy Helt, really have stepped up and helped out with the junior high ministry. Yes, thank you. Uh, and um, 
Holly Allen has been helping with senior high. Um, and PJ Lehman has been really helpful for years and years now with uh, fundraisers for the youth ministry. So thank you all. I am truly blessed to have you. And I really appreciate all the service that you give us. So thank you. I'm Mary Dye. I'm Hosanna's financial assistant. That means I'm the bookkeeper and I do all the activities <laughs> that go along with that. Um, the following volunteers have professional accounting and financial backgrounds. They support Hosanna with their wisdom and their expertise in these areas, and I'm very, very grateful for them. Uh, Eric Blow, who is Hosanna's chief financial officer, um, Priscilla Bonet and Carol Blair, who are our audit team, and Sandy Sensenig, who provides office support. Thank you very much. My name is Rick. <laughs> Hi, Rick. And I am one of the co-directors of the worship team. And uh, we have excellent, excellent musicians on our, on our worship team. We really, really do. Uh, so on drums, we have Matt Swanner, Ellsworth Hurd, and Justin Erb. Justin, he, he left. He's, he left the building. <laughs> All right. And on guitars, we have uh, Wayne Box and Steve Wilson. Uh, Becky Woodhouse on bass guitar. Sharon Wilson on keyboard. She can stand now, I think, because uh, she just had a knee replacement, and so she's doing really, 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 really well. And uh, several singers, uh, Gordon Cahill, who sang this morning, appreciate that. Kelly Wenzel. Kelly, are you still in the building, still here? All right, stand up, please, Kelly. Uh, Sean Woodhouse and my co-director, Julie Campbell. So. We're appreciative for all of these, just to let you know that we could still use a couple of guitars. So if you play guitar, and I don't mean just plink, 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 okay? I mean, if you've played in a band before or something like that and you play guitar, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Uh, we could use a couple of uh, male singers. So if uh, you're a male singer and would be interested in talking to me about that as well, we would love to do that. So thanks to the worship team. Good morning, everybody. Hey, Rick's just about the right height. <laughs> I am Jeff Burkholder. I am the Director of Technical Arts. I've been the Director of Technical Arts now for 18 and a half years, which is just weird. Yeah, crazy. Um, and I oversee our audio and visual tech team and our web team and things like that. Um, ironically, um, I, I gave them all this week off. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, like, the, uh, they, are, they are wonderful people, um, and they, they keep us going every week. Uh, they, they help me do all of this. So, uh, thanks going out to Travis Metzler, Lauren King, Cassie Marie Demi, Dwight Landis, and Rick Alverson. Rick Alverson's here. He, he is, you are 
still, I, I still consider you on the team. He's, he's taking a little bit of a break, but fantastic to have him. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Uh, and uh, my web team, I'd like to call out everybody on that. <laughs> Hint. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, seriously, uh, thank you, everyone, uh, and uh, please uh, be appreciative of, of my team. I, I love those people. They're great people. Thank you all. <laughs> my attention this week that um, actually yesterday it's been 50 years that we've been coming here <laughs> so it's been a while <laughs> you started when you were three yeah. <laughs> we wish <laughs> anyway we we um, are the heads of um, helping hands we were the heads of helping hands uh, we decided that we out lived the organization, <laughs> so we retired from this position earlier this year, and we are looking for somebody to step up to continue this ministry. Um, it's been an up and down ministry, but it's done more good than I think we will ever know in a lot of different ways. So if you're willing to organize you don't have to do a lot of work except organize and contact the people who are volunteering and who have faithfully volunteered for 15 years for us. So we would like you to stand as I call your name. Rick and Beth McKinney, Sherry Fleming, Dwight Landis, Errol Moyer, Niels and Helen Cookie, Jared Kunz, Tony Blair, Sharon Wilson, Sue Brandt, Steve Wilson. And we had three that we added yesterday that weren't always on the list. We called on them when we really needed help. <coughs> Jerry Allen came and power washed and power washed till he was called to a second chore. Chris Dye was drenched yesterday. <laughs> and Mark Eba is our newest and favorite guy because he brought this fabulous power washer and we got done lickety split. <laughs> the, the next group of people that I wanted to cover was the, the folks who help with the maintenance of the building and trying to make everything uh, Yes, Rick. I keep everything in reasonable shape. Uh, those people are Chris Dye, Don Stoltz, uh, Helen and Niels Cookie, Jerry Allen, Kyle Stair, Lance Taylor, Lauren Nafsinger, Rick Elverson, and Steve Lehman. Uh, without these guys, you know, 
that things would be in a lot different shape than what they are. Thanks, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Just, just stand here for a minute, Sandy. We're not letting you guys sit down quite yet. Just wanted to say on behalf of Hosanna, thanks for the 15 years of leading Helping Hands. Um, I got this. Yeah, look at this. They're standing up for you. I got to see this from the inside out because I was one of the volunteers on this and not just looking at it from a pastoral perspective. For those of you who don't know, Helping Hands Ministry just did an awful lot of acts of compassion. One of the biggest was moving people when they needed to be moved, but there was an awful lot that Dick and Sandy did behind the scenes, taking people to doctor's appointments and, and things like that that most other people never knew about. And not only was it wonderfully well organized, but there is such a heart of compassion within these two uh, friends of ours. And, well done, good and faithful servants. Thank you. Thank yep. you for being who you are. Hello. I'm Sue Brandt, and along with Deb Helt, we run, run the Coffee Table Ministry. And these people that are on my list have done this for so long. They're very faithful, and I want to thank you. They are Jules Brandt, Ruth Ann Metzler, Diane Stoltz, Jocelyn Knight, Linda Porter, and that's our list as of now. If anyone is interested in helping, please contact the church, Deb or I. Thank you. I am Diane Stoltz. I am in charge of the meal ministry. And these are the people that make wonderful food. <clears throat> All right, Sherry Allen, Carol Blair, Suzanne Bob Gardner, Donna Bowman, Elvin and Lorraine Brandt, Sue Brandt, Sandy Cobus, Helen Cookie, Joyce Freimeyer, Wendy Hughes, PJ Lehman, Beth McKinney, Hope Stair, Cassie Marie, and Mary Dye. Thank you very much. Wow, I know this has taken a little longer than we anticipated, but oh my gosh, this is so worth it. Um, I'm up here to fill in for some folks who can't be here this morning and then to do some other ministries that we have. So our grounds leader, grounds crew leader, and mowing team leader, and snow removal leader is Kyle Steyer. Kyle couldn't be here this morning, but our grounds crew is Elvin Brandt. Helen Cookie, Mike Deemer, Sammy Wilson, and Sharon Wilson. So if you're here, please stand. Our mowing team who mows our yard, our lawn, in the heat of summer, and they're quite amazing. Kevin Freimeyer, Mike Deemer, and Jerry Allen, if they're here. I know some of you are just tired of standing because you do a lot around here, but we'll get you all standing again in just a few minutes. And then our snow removal team is Lauren King, Dwight Landis and Don Stoltz. Don Stoltz, I see you over there. So you're going to stand. There you go. Thank you all. And then we have our frontline crew, which consists of 
our coordinators, our ushers, our greeters, our hall monitors, and our welcome center team. They're all led by Helen Cookie. Helen and Niels are away this week, and so I'm filling in for her. So our frontline coordinators, Mike Newman, Kevin Swigert, and Kevin Freimeyer, and Kyle Steyer is the backup. So guys, thank you. Our ushers, Jerry Allen, Lyle Abbott, Mark and Amy Raybold, Wendy Hughes, and Lori Ryan. Thank you, folks. Any of you here? Stand up, Lyle, stand up. Yes, yes. Our greeters, yes, Jerry, thank you. Our greeters, Lyle Abbott, Mike Deemer, Cindy Harding, Dale and Joanne Yoder, Ayana Lebron, and Joyce Freimeyer. Thank you on behalf of all of us and Helen. Our hall monitors who go around this building every Sunday during church services to make sure we're safe. Lori Ryan, Karen Swigert, Brandy Helt, and Kelly Wilson. Our Welcome Center team, Barb Russell, Wendy Hughes, and Annette Moyer. If you guys are here, please stand up. Thank you, everyone. Some of the next ministries that we have don't really have a leader. Kind of our leadership team gives oversight to them, but these people just do it. They clean our building, the clean team, Joyce Freimeyer, Angie Maldonado, and Sue Brandt. Thank you for keeping this building beautiful. Thank you. Our decorating team, you may wonder what happened Christmas. These build, this building is transformed in spring and all these things. That's Hope Steyer and Helen Cookie. Hope, you're here, yes. Our folks who keep the kitchen going, PJ Lehman and Sue Brandt. Ha ha, got you back, Sue Brandt. You can say, <laughs> Our home group leaders, Elvin and Lorraine Brandt, Niels and Helen Cookie, and Jerry and Sherry Allen. Yes, thank you, folks. Our mom's group leader, Carla Kunz. Hey, Carla. Thank you for leading the moms. Our writing group leader and facilitator, Jane Clark. I know, Jane, you're watching online. We miss you. Yes, Jane Clark, Cards of Encouragement. Grace Gable sends birthday cards out to all the adults every month, so most of you get birthday cards from Grace. Our prayer shawl ministry, Kathy Miller, Sandy Sensnick, Zoya Reshikovitz, and this ministry works a lot behind the scenes, so there may be others who contribute prayer shawls, so if it's you, please stand up, and I apologize if we missed you. Our fundraising team is one person, PJ Lehman, who does an amazing job. Our Everance coordinator and other advisory functions that we go to a lot for is Chris Dye. Thank you, Chris. Yes, stand up. Our pictorial directory team, Wendy Hughes and Jill Erb. Yes, stand up. Yes. Our setup and teardown crew. Trust me, this is grueling work, because you know how many times we set up and tear down this building. Brandy Helt, Sean Erb, Mike Newman, and Niels and Helen Cookie. Thank you for all of us. Our Holiday Bazaar team, Linda Knoll, Joyce Freimeyer, Lorraine Brandt, and Karen Swigert. Thank you. Wow, we do a lot, don't we? We don't realize it until you put it down on paper. And I have the joy and the privilege of knowing most of you in this room. And I also know how you serve others in your families and in your communities and in your workplaces. So if you're a servant of Christ and the people that Christ loves, would you please stand? And the rest of you whose names were mentioned earlier, would you all stand again?
Thank you. And I would be amiss if I didn't mention three other volunteers. And I'm going to ask for their forgiveness later because they do not like attention drawn to themselves. But I would like to honor and say how much I appreciate and you all appreciate our volunteer staff of Helen Cookie, Rick McKinney, sorry, Tony, Tony Blair. <laughs> Thank you. And now, you might have forgotten his name already, but Rick. My name is Rick. <laughs> is going to come and he's going to introduce the elders to you. And they're going to, the elders that are here this morning are going to come up front. And it's not because they're more special than anyone else, but they serve us, they pray for us, and they care for all of us. And they want to pray a blessing over all of us this morning. So Rick and the elders who are here, come on up. So before you come up, so elders, the rest of you may be seated. Uh, the elders are not a ruling body. You know. They are a group of people who minister and who pray for you and who care for you. So those who are here, Julie Lead, would you come please? Uh, Lauren Nassiger, I don't know if he's, Lauren's here today or not. There he is. Oh, there he is, Lauren. I didn't see him back there. Okay, thank you. April Lottie, Kevin Swigert, and Joyce Freimeyer. These are people, not that you don't all care for each other, please understand that, but these are people who care for you as a, as a body. And when prayer requests come in to the church office, uh, the staff obviously prays for those prayer requests, but so do each one of these elders. And, you know, if you ever have a concern a need and you want somebody to talk to, feel free to call on one of these. When I say call, you know, catch them here in the service or say, you know, can you come and see me? And, you know, we want to talk about something. I've got a concern or whatever it may be, or would you pray with me about this? And there may be times that you have a prayer need that you don't want to be public, which is fine. And you can ask one of us, you know, to pray just and say, I'd rather this not be publicized. But generally speaking, if you share a prayer need with us, we're going to ask you, is it okay to let everyone else, the rest of the elders and staff know so that we can all pray together? So as you can see, there are a lot of people who do a lot of things around here. Some of you who may be new, you may want to know, how can I plug in? Talk to Deb. She'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. And others of you who may have been around here for a while, maybe God is saying it's time for you to get plugged in in a way that you haven't in the past. So what I want to do is uh, pray a prayer of blessing for each of our volunteers and for all of you. So let's just thank God. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you do in our lives. And God, there's so many ways that we show each other that we care and we love. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to serve. And Lord, we don't serve because we have to. 
we serve because we want to. We serve because you have served us as well. And we're grateful for that. So God, we speak a blessing over everyone in this building and we speak a blessing over those who serve day in and day out and who serve without being concerned as to whether anyone ever recognizes them because that's not what service is. True service is not needing to be recognized, but just the joy of doing what you've called us to do. And you've called each one of us to do different things based upon the gifts you've given us. And we thank you that we have different gifts and we're able to share those. So again, thanks again for all that you do, all the love you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I think Tony's going to come and talk for five minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually not putting that up right away. Not right away. Thanks. We thought that would take 10 minutes. <laughs> and by we, I mean me. <laughs> that was lovely. At one point, Deb whispers at me, it's okay. And I'm like, this is really okay. I'm a, so, you know, I'm hoping you're, you're good for another, for my hour long message. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna see what happens. I'll, I'll do some things, but we won't keep you here for an hour. Oh my, thank you all. How are you doing today? How are your feet doing? It's a warm, sunny day and a warm, sunny week. Anybody here in sandals? Show me. No. <laughs> Anybody barefoot here right now? Yeah, it's okay. You're allowed to be. So, or are we all wearing our big stinky shoes? <laughs> now, here's a question for you. Do you know how to tell if your feet smell bad? You ask your pet. <laughs> Deb, in this series, I have included at least one cat in every single message. So I, I, want, <laughs> I got one in. Well, today we're going to start with a story about stinky feet. As far as I know, there are no cats involved anywhere and no, no, no other animals were harmed in the telling of this story. Uh, but it turns into gospel and it's in John chapter 13. Let me just start by telling you the story or the beginning of it. Having loved his own who were in the world, this is talking about Jesus here, he loved them to the end. Jesus knew that the Father had put things, all, all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning from God. And so he got up from the meal, 
took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. I wonder what that might have felt like to do that. So that's why I asked for a volunteer to help me. And this is why. Donna, would you come? Donna's a brave soul and is going to allow me to, uh, to do this. Don't worry, there's only like 500 people watching you. No. <laughs> Not that many. And appreciate this. May I take off your sandal? Donna, on the one hand, that was quick and easy and somewhat painless. But I'm curious what it felt like for you. I'm going to move this over here so they can hear your answer, even though it's online. Different and strange and weird. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Can you explain that a little bit more? Um, person in authority bending down and giving of themselves to something so different. An awe moment. Uh, would this make you any more comfortable doing this to someone else? No. Yeah. That's fair. I get it. Anything else that you would want to tell us about this? I, it just, it, it's just uh, an expression of, of love, um, caring. Yeah. yeah, it is. Give me your hands. Donna, I see you. I'm washing your feet. I honor you. What are the odds that I could keep this behind me as I talk and not trip over it? <laughs> now all I have to do is find my iPad. Let's continue the story. Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. 
their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. And then Jesus gives them the meaning of what he had just done. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord. And rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, that's amen, amen. Remember I talked about that a few weeks ago? I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. He says, you should also wash one another's feet. Have you ever done that? Perhaps the feet of your children? Someone who can't do it for themselves? Somebody who's disabled or elderly? Have you ever, I'm just curious, how many of you ever done this in church? Okay, quite a few of you. The church I grew up in practiced foot washing once a year, Maundy Thursday, commemoration of the Last Supper when Jesus did this with the disciples. Some groups do it even more often than that. And doing so is taking very literally Jesus' command that we do what he did. So I've done this a number of times in my ministry. I'm already off my notes, and I'm trying to do a short version. Uh, I remember one, one Sunday, I was supervising a number of new churches, church plants. And one of them was in New Jersey. It was made up entirely of African immigrants. And they were, they were having difficulties with each other. And I was the superintendent, which was a little bit weird because I felt uncomfortable being the white guy from rural Pennsylvania coming into this group of Africans whose culture I did not know terribly well. And, and, uh, and there were some power plays. And so I suggested that perhaps they have a little foot washing ceremony to, to, uh, to honor one another. And I, I, I tried to model that in the there was this one older black woman there who just broke down in tears. I didn't realize there's no way I could have had her experience. She says, I never thought I'd see a white man offering to wash my feet. And something changed, and we never did it, actually. She was too uncomfortable. Something changed in the room um, simply by talking about this option. In the world that Jesus lived in, the world that she lived in probably for much of her life, most people traveled by foot. And in footwear that was at least partially open, and they would get very, very dirty. Foot washing was a form of generous hospitality. It was kind of expected. It was normal. And what a nice feeling it must have been. After walking miles in the sun on dusty roads, to, to have your feet washed in cool water upon your arrival. But because feet were dirty and stinky, <laughs> it became easy to assign that task to someone else, to a servant, if you were rich enough to have a servant, or a child. Because no one really wants to wash feet, do they? Just like no one really wants to change diapers and empty bedpans and take care of other unpleasant things that human bodies do, right? And yet, and yet there are people who voluntarily do all that messy stuff. Thank you. And there are people who do all sorts of other things to serve those around them. And we just recognize and thank many of you for being that kind of person, doing what is necessary behind the scenes, maybe not getting attention, maybe eager to get your hands dirty, maybe feeling like this is hard and messy and stinky stuff and you would rather not do it. 
And I suspect that Jesus meant all of that kind of service too, and not just literally washing someone's feet, particularly today when our foot hygiene may be a little bit different. So that's why today's message is gospel is serving, and that's why I'm referring to all kinds of serving in it. Back in mid-May, Joanne and I had introduced what we thought would be a really brief series on gospel and community. And we looked at the kind of practices that we can do together that can rebuild healthy community. Particularly at a time when it feels like everybody else is trying to tear it apart. And we intended maybe three messages. And so we spoke about generosity and gratitude, practices that we can do together to help rebuild community and faithfulness and promise keeping and living and speaking truthfully. And thanks for responding so well to those. And it seemed like there was more to say. And so we added giving and receiving forgiveness to the mix. And we had some guest speakers in there who are right on the same page with their messages about community. What we've been talking about in this series matters an awful lot. And I'm grateful that sometimes, I've got to be careful how I say this. It's going to sound arrogant if I don't, if I don't say it right. I, I don't feel that. Sometimes we've been able to offer perspective on these things or a depth on these things that we may not have heard before. And that, that, that makes me feel good when we can. So all that is to say that serving each other and receiving service from each other is probably, is probably the last in this series on practices that can restore healthy community but it's an absolutely critical one for the people of God. And it's absolutely critical for being people of gospel. We keep saying around here so often, the world is tired sometimes of hearing us talk. It's the way that we live our lives and the way that we love and whether that love is expressed in service that gets people's attention. It's also gospel for those of us who do it. So why serve others? Why wash feet, literally or metaphorically? I've got five answers for you and uh, about five pages on them, so I'm going to just go skip that and just give you the answers and uh, a little bit on, um, on, the, on what they are. First of all, I've already mentioned, Jesus tells us to do it. Jesus doesn't give too many commands, but this one he does to the original disciples and by implication to the rest of us, do what I've been doing. Wash each other's feet, serve one another. It's just an illustration of the bigger picture. There's a second reason, however, because we don't just do things out of saluting. Why does Jesus ask us to do this? Well, it's because we are all equal in the sight of God. And this thing reminds us of that. And Donna, I appreciate so where, Where'd you go? There you are. Donna, I appreciate so much you talking about that because you were aware of my status at that moment. But you see, by going down to the floor and by being on equal terms, there is no status left. He's tearing apart the assumption that there are classes of people in the kingdom of God and some are superior to others. When we're washing somebody's feet or serving them, it's just you and me. It's Tony and Donna or Donna and somebody else. It's, 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 we're, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. I wish Jesus' followers had paid attention to him on this throughout history, and unfortunately they haven't done that, and there's something, seems in the human spirit that creates ladders and scrambles up them and tries to get above other people, and it's a foolish and stupid endeavor. Remember what he said to them when they were fighting over who was most worthy? The first will be last. Uh, Jeff's back there in the booth. Are you back there by yourself? Yeah, and running full speed on this. So, yeah, pardon him if he's not, because I'm skipping things. <laughs> the first will be last, the last will be first. He says, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. 
In fact, Jesus says that one of the primary ways you can know whether you're his disciples by how you treat the least of these. And when he referred to the least of these, he's talking about this acts of service, people in, caring for people in prison, caring for the sick, feeding the hungry, giving hospitality. And then he said, I whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, the people that maybe the rest of the world is not paying as much attention to, you did for me. And that gives us our third reason for serving, because in serving others, we serve Christ. It's Jesus we're serving. It wasn't just Donna here on the platform. It was Jesus on the platform. And in honoring her, I'm also honoring Christ in her. Christ is on both sides of this deal. I get to see people when I serve in the same way that Jesus said them. And you know how Jesus looks at people when he, when he serves them? He sees them as already clean. This is something really, really radical in this passage, something that the church has not understood. We've taken upon ourselves to be the judges of who's clean and who's not, and what acts are clean and what is not. And yes, we must discern well, and we must be, you know, there, there are things that are obvious, but this is not our primary function. God does that. Christ does that. And Jesus looked at Peter and says, you are already clean. At this point in the conversation, Jesus is talking about the spiritual implications of what he was doing. Peter's feet were dirty, yes. But what he was saying is, Peter, because of this relationship, you have already been healed in ways you have not yet actualized, ways that you have not yet put into, your, into practice in your life. And this is my invitation to you, to live as if you are already clean. You're clean just like those lepers that I touched earlier the ones that were forced to shout their uncleanness from a distance. You're clean, just like that bleeding woman who touched me, who wasn't supposed to. According to the rules, she made me dirty, but she didn't. Because in my eyes, she was already clean. The invitation here, of course, is to live in our lives as if this is already true. He added a little phrase about Judas, not all of you. Judas wasn't clean, and I don't think it was because... God cared any less for him, that he was any less than a disciple. I don't think Jesus served him any less. Here's something amazing. Do you realize that Jesus washed Judas' feet that night? Judas didn't leave till later. Jesus sat there and washed all the disciples' feet. He washed the feet of the person he knew was betraying him. When he talks about giving a cup of cold water to your enemy... Back in Matthew 5, Jesus is practicing this right in front of them all. It's amazing. Now, Judas was unclean only because he had refused the love of God. Now, I may be wrong in this, but I suspect that if he had changed his mind and had received the love of God that night, that he would have been clean like the rest. And I suspect if he had come back later and received the love of God and the grace of God, he would have been clean as well, just like us. We know what that feels like. This understanding of service is gospel. It's wonderful. Jesus gives us, how many reasons do I have here? What's my next slide on this? Okay, serving others is our Christ. Oh, because it honors our cleanliness. Here's the fifth one. Look, we're there already. Because it actually blesses. We're blessed when we do serve like Christ. Which was his very last words in the subject. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
We might also be fatigued. We may also feel put upon. We may also feel taken advantage of sometimes. Those feelings come with service, and let's not pretend otherwise. Jesus was just about to be crucified. He knew the service was not all just, you know, peaches and cream. If it were easy and pleasant, everybody would do it. Anyone familiar with the Pareto Principle? It says that consistently, one group to another, 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. I don't know what that number is here. We haven't calculated, but man, there was a lot of you, a lot of you standing up. And a lot of you who were not here that we, uh, we got to honor as well. Thank you. Bless you. And I mean that very literally. You will be blessed. Jesus doesn't say what form that blessing takes. And maybe because the blessings are so personal that what would drive one person batty makes another person feel fulfilled. And what one person would hate gives meaning to another person's life. A couple of you got up behind a microphone this morning. <laughs> Getting up in front of my, behind microphones. Bless you for doing that. That doesn't scare me. That doesn't drive me batty. I become the introvert the moment I step down from, this, from the, the message. And then, I, you know, whereas others of you are much more comfortable. But I suspect that being fulfilled is part of it. Jesus uses the phrase abundant life. And I think service is part of that abundant life. That, we are, that part of we're rooted in the image and likeness of God. And it's telling us what the character of God is. So there are five reasons embedded in just this one story to serve others. And they're good news. But guess what? The flip side is the gospel of receiving service from others. And I want to take just a couple minutes on this because guess what? I may step on more toes with this part of the message than I did with the first part. Because I think there are many of us find it easier to serve than to be served. And yet in the body of Christ, we're to experience both and to know that both are gospel. So why should we receive service? Interestingly, it's the same five reasons, which is why I can do them fast. First, because Jesus tells us to. <laughs> That's what Jesus was telling Peter. Peter's like, no, 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 you can't serve me. And Jesus is like, yeah, I, this is part of the deal, Peter. You have to receive service, even from me. Peter was actually responding against the one who needed nothing from anyone. The one who had said, I have not come to be served, to, to be served but to serve. When Jesus said that, it was part of his intent. He was showing us he did not have selfish intent. He was not imposing his power on us. But Jesus did allow others to serve him. As a child, his mother fed him and changed him. His father carried him around before he could walk. Martha fed him. And the woman at the well had given him water on a hot day. And his friend Mary had washed Jesus' own feet one day with her perfume and her tears. And he received that service gratefully and joyfully. And that's because allowing us to receive the service of others reminds us that we are all equal in the sight of God. See, it runs both directions here. It is, much of, it is as much an error to think too lowly of ourselves as it is to think too highly. There are no permanent servers, those who are always giving service to others, no permanent masters, those who are always receiving service from others. And I love how Jesus calls attention to what we would call maybe the little people, the widow giving all she can, the friends carrying a lame man to Jesus, moms and dads asking, coming to him and asking help for their kids. 
Life in the kingdom, I believe, is intended to be a very literal give and take. There are times when I'm the giver of services, there are other times when I'm the receiver, and those may be different times and periods in our life, or they may be five minutes apart from one another, or maybe happening simultaneously. Then in the act of serving you, I am being served and vice versa. I experienced that with the Helping Hands crew, and I probably could say more here. I won't take the time to do it, but uh, I, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Just hang on with me for a moment here. Um, one of the things I enjoyed about being volunteering with the Helping Hands crew was that I was not in charge. We had leaders, and they were far better at it than, 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 uh, than I was. And I, one of the other things I loved about serving there was because I'm really not that good at it. Uh, I, you know, this is particularly the moving part of it. I, I, I'm, there are people serving there who are much stronger and in better shape than I am. So my job was simply to, as one commercial put it, I lift things up and I put, <laughs> and I put them down. <laughs> I could do that! <laughs> and I love the people that I'm serving with, so that's the reason I helped with Helping Hands. And it was really fun to be able to help people move at crisis time in their life. But 18 months ago today, Carol and I received that same help in return. It was our turn to move. And it was humbling. It was beautiful. So many of you came and helped that day and the months afterwards. It was hard to ask for that and receive it. But you know, it made us feel like we were truly part of a family. I'm not just an employee here. Tony and Carol are part of the family, and you came to help us when we needed some help. You were the hands and feet of Jesus. You were the muscles of Jesus. <laughs> I, I, could, I found that online. He couldn't resist it. <laughs> and so we, when we receive service, we receive it with the same grace and joy that, that Jesus did. And when we do it, here's the third reason, we also better appreciate the cleansing work that grace has done in us. Oh, well, I mentioned the third one here quickly. The fourth one, it honors our own cleanliness. Because some of us still feel dirty. We know we're, not, we're still being transformed. We're not fully there yet. We know we still sin. And some of us are convinced that Christ is disgusted by what he sees in us. And we're tempted to shout out, unclean, unclean, if anybody gets too close. And here, there's gospel here. Jesus knows all of that. But like those lepers long ago, he touches us anyway. He loves us anyway. And even though we're still in the process of being changed, he says to us anyway, your sins are already forgiven. Get up and walk. You're already clean. Go wash someone else. You are already healed. Go and nurse someone else back to health. It's the already but not yet character of the kingdom. Receiving love, receiving service reminds us that we are not hopelessly damaged goods. That God already sees in us the fully transformed, fully healed, fully clean, fully redeemed version of what we are yet to be. And will be. We will be that version. Even while we continue to allow grace to actualize it in our lives. Even while... So the invitation is to live like it's really true, here and now. And finally, yes, there are blessings in receiving such service. Tremendous blessings in having somebody bless you, to honor what they do, to admire their skill, 
to thank them for the compassion that they have and the love that they have. It fills me up just to watch you in motion, doing what you are called and gifted to do. There's a great blessing simply in receiving tangible love, isn't it? I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, you're loved. Those are words are words. But it feels a bit more real, doesn't it, when someone shows up beside your hospital bed to pray for you? Someone in the meal ministry drops off a hot meal after you've had surgery. Someone hugs you at a graveside. Someone teaches your children who are running through the building right now. <laughs> That's the youth group. They're always running through the building. When someone sees the pain in your eyes and stops to ask what it is. Now be careful. Let's not demand those services of each other. Let's not get angry when someone doesn't do what we want them to do for us. But let's receive those blessings when they appear. Let's allow them to help us remember the God, the God who is always there, even when other people aren't serving us. See all this, what this is pointing to? Serving must be the character of God himself. We picture God high up on a throne, dispensing judgment, but we've seen today that God is also kneeling at our stinky feet, serving us and washing us clean. And that changes everything. God serves us. And God serves alongside of us. And God serves through us. And God receives our service to him with delight and gratitude, admiration and joy. It's a blessing to him as well. And this is gospel. The basin and towel up here are just symbols of the many, many ways that we do this. So today, we're going to give you a tiny towel. Already wet. <laughs> we actually got a whole pack of individually wrapped uh, wipes waiting for you. And I'm going to ask you if you're in the building to take it with you and use it to clean a spot for somebody to sit in alongside of you. Use it to wipe somebody's hand or forehead. Use it to clean somebody's computer screen. <laughs> to polish someone's shoes. Whatever. Or give it to someone who loves you and ask them to do that for you this time around. And then shout hallelujah for the good news of it all. Good deal? Let's close with this prayer. Always present God, help us to be present to all who need us. Help us to be present to those we know too well to actually see. I'm going to repeat that one. Help us to be present to those we know too well to actually see. And to those who are unseen strangers to us. Give us the ability to model your attentive, loving gaze when we view our world, our family, and our friends who are seen and loved by you first. Finally, may our presence be marked by a desire to be like your son, open to being sent, open to being loved, open to becoming love in the world. Amen. Blessings.